The Buccaneers appear to be a ship without a rudder, and we get Evans' take on Todd Bowles' recent mishap before we turn the page to Monday Night Football and the New Orleans Saints. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, man? Welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We thank you for making us your first listen or review of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined as I typically am on these WTSP Wednesdays by Evan Klosky. Of course, you can check out everything that he's doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10tampabay.com. And don't forget to follow all the action on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at Eklosky WTSP. We thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. The main topic of conversation so far, basically for the last three days, has been coaching. More specifically, the missteps of Todd Bowles. Evan, you you wrote about some of this uh, over on 10tampabay.com, but I want to start things off by asking your main takeaway from what I feel is one of the biggest blunders and some of the worst clock management I have seen in a very long time, um, where Todd Bowles decided to keep timeouts in his back pocket, let time run off the clock, play for overtime, and then double down with the media post game and his day after press conferences basically saying, yeah, I was playing for overtime. It was over, even though we have the goat and we have Mike Evans and we have Chris Godwin and we have Julio Jones. Overtime seemed like the smart decision because those timeouts carry over, of course. So what is, what's kind of your main takeaway here from Todd Bowles following this Cleveland game? Yeah, the main takeaway is this was the first game of the season where I felt like the coaching staff in-game took a win off the board. Schematically, Byron and the problems there are a mess. Uh, There have been penalties where the players have shot themselves in the foot, which, you know, we can say is coaching throughout the week, uh, the ambiance of it, whatever it might be. But in the end, Todd Bowles, in my belief, had a way – for the Bucks to win this game with decision making, with using those timeouts, and he screwed it up. Mm-hmm. I just like just being one thousand percent honest. Okay, if you go look at my article, the and and I and I don't want to like be the hindsight guy because I you can go look at the timestamp of my tweet when David and Joku is tackled on third and nine. Which, by the way, it is so sad that we're not here talking about the tackle that Levante David made. That should have been a game-winning tackle. That was an unbelievable play. So shout out to Levante. When it was fourth and ten, there were five scenarios that can happen, right? Either A, you get a stop and you win because Cleveland had a timeout. B, they score a touchdown, kick an extra point, which means you need time. Three, they score a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, which means you also need time to kick a field goal. You have to kick it. Four, they score, they go for two, don't get it, and the game relies on an onside kick, which you then win anyway. So time doesn't matter for them again. Um, and then and then five was 
them picking up a first down because they could have done that on the two-yard line, to which then you just reset your scenarios. They had a timeout in their pocket. They would have called a timeout or spiked the ball. Uh, regardless, you could have then used your three timeouts from there to salvage the rest of the time, knowing that they were going to score. And then you could have saved the GOAT time with no timeouts sure. to do what he did against the Rams, essentially. So um, in all five of those scenarios, so sorry, in, in two of those scenarios, the Browns don't give a crap. They win. And in the other three, you need the time. The Buccaneers care about the time. At no point was running the clock out beneficial for Tampa Bay. Like, mm. and, and when Bowles says on Monday, um, oh, yeah, well, we wanted them to make a play right away. We didn't want to give them time to think. That doesn't hold water. The Browns had a timeout. If they were so worried about moving too fast, they would have called it to think about the play. But maybe, just maybe, they didn't want the Bucks to think about the play. And that's where I think Stefanski outcoached Bowles. Because yeah. in the end, they came up with a play that succeeded, and and the Buccaneers did not have the right defensive play, regardless of whether you had you know you had the look, you had the whatever it might be. They threw a jump ball to Njoku, and Devin White can only do so much. And yeah. the fact is, Njoku did make a spectacular grab. You have to tip your cap to him. Mm -hmm. But Devin White versus Njoku is a mismatch, and it shouldn't have been that hard of a catch for him. It was because Brissett almost sailed it, and you almost got lucky. So, like, and, and by the way, we haven't even gotten into screwing up the 30 two seconds or 36 seconds, whatever it was, when you just saw Tom Brady do this against the Rams, which, by the way, the offense looked horrendous that entire game. So don't tell me what the offense looked like and what you thought about entering overtime. Don't leave it the chance. You have Tom Brady as your freaking quarterback, which is why he completed that pass to Julio Jones, because he can do that stuff in the clutch, because you got a Hall of Famer in Brady throwing to a Hall of Famer in Julio, and your guys are probably going to make plays more than their guys. 1.5% of passes were intercepted in Tom Brady's career. 0.4% of his passes have been intercepted yeah. this season. Why are you risk averse? It was, it was the anti-risk it for the biscuit, right? It just, everything about it smelled small. It smelled small. I'm scared. And I understand that the defense was mostly throttling the Browns after that first possession, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter if you have confidence in the offense to do A, B, and C. You should have had confidence in the team to get down the field and get yourselves in field goal range where you have one of the best kickers right now. If you can get into his range, he's only he's pretty much automatic if you can just get it within 50 yards. So yeah. it just it's infuriating. I feel for the players because I feel like, and by the way, they're responsible too. Brady missed big throws, uh Donovan Smith with an egregious flag um which stopped their their game-winning drive because brady completed that tremendous flip play to rashad white that had to go backwards um you know nine penalties for 70 yards hurt them all the time the offensive game plan fell flat once after the first drive so you know everybody has their piece into it the, the defense continues to crumble in big moments even though they play a whole game extremely well um, so I don't want to say that like they're not responsible, but in the end, the coach, the buck stops there and Bulls screwed that up for his team like time and time again. It's sad. 
Yeah, it, it's incredibly frustrating. And and like I had said on Monday's episode, they call a timeout after the the one yard gain by Rashad White. Brady pulls off that pass to Julio Jones. You need you have an extra 15 seconds, 12 seconds, whatever it was. You mean to tell me that the game Chris Godwin had, he's not going to get you an extra 10 to 12 yards and, and put it in range for Suckup to to walk off the field with the game winner? I mean, it just it was bad top to bottom. But we're going to talk about the offensive side of the ball and more importantly, Byron Leftwich coming up in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, the UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Or you can even test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Toro hosts can deliver the car right to you. And every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. This episode also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside the locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the team hotel. Ryan and guests discuss topics like player psyches, sports betting, playing through pain, being a leader, and how to deal with combative teammates. Here, nothing is out of bounds. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcasts right now. Audible, get in the game. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. For your second listen, check out the biggest headlines in all of sports with Locked On Sports Today. Available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. There is plenty of blame to go around for this loss and, and plenty of fingers to point. We've we've pointed plenty at Todd Bowles, but let's talk about this offense for just a minute. We you, you kind of ran down the list. You got a, a Hall of Famer in Tom Brady, a Hall of Famer in Julio Jones, probably a Hall of Famer in Mike Evans, who had his struggles in the game for whatever reason they couldn't connect. You have Chris Godwin, Rashad White. What is, for for the upteenth time this season, they failed to pass 20 points scored, and they were going against one of the worst scoring defenses in the NFL. How big of an issue has Byron Leftwich's play calling been this season that has kind of stagnated this, what was a high-octane, no-risk-it-no-biscuit offense to now being, you know, middle of the pack, you know, below average, not scoring 20 points a game is a crime with this offense. My only assumption is that they are tipping off their plays um, schematically. And I, the reason I say that is they move the ball and I have to, I, I need to look at the numbers and I need to look at the tape more um, of previous games. But the scripted plays work beautifully. 
you know, all, all those first down runs were tremendous. And then, you know, you start banging your head up against the wall because, you know, he keeps going to the first down runs, which go nowhere. And then you have, you force yourself into predictable down and distance mm-hmm. first down. You have the defense unsure of what you're going to do. Right. Because you can run or pass though. You know, you've, you've proven it all year that actually, you know, you throw the ball a lot on first down, actually. And a lot of it has to do because of late game situations, two minute drills and whatever. So that number is a little bit jacked up, but uh, in the end, you need to lean pass first, utilize the run off of it. And they still, we've been talking about this for months. Mm-hmm. They still try to establish the run into the pass, establish the pass into the run. And, the only reason I say they must be tipping their hands there. I forget the play. I, I was, I was watching kind of overtime back and there was a play action from Brady where they ran it on first down and then they went play action. There was a gaping, gaping hole for Rashad white, which tells me that they knew they knew that was going to be a pass play. They weren't biting on any sort of that play action they knew it was going to be a pass play beforehand, which is what they dropped into. You know, the bigger concern is how many times after a bad first down run, do they hammer it again with a run? You know, now we're in the point of like first down doesn't work. Now we got to throw it. It's just too much predictability. There's not enough creativity. We've, we've gone through this. I actually don't believe this is like the worst Byron game we've seen. I, I thought Chris Godwin was utilized tremendously. Yeah, he, he, is, he is healthy. I think that uh, a lot of plays were there for Evans, and either there was a communicative problem between those two, Evans um, screwed something up, or Brady missed him. Missed him. Yeah. Uh, or the ref, you know, the, the booth doesn't call down within two minutes on that, that, uh, that tremendous like- deep ball. Which, it looked like a catch to me. It looked the like only, a catch. The only thing I could think of is that maybe it, it's such a dumb rule. It's so bad. But when that second foot, when the toe went in, the heel came down on the sideline. But it should have been, it, regardless, it should have been reviewed. It, it, it should have. But. In the end, like I walk away from this game saying, why are Mike Evans and Tom Brady not on the same page? Yeah. The last three weeks, 12 receptions on 26 targets for 125 yards. We haven't seen Mike Evans score a touchdown since week four. It's the longest touchdown drought of his career. What is wrong there? So this game, I actually lean a little bit off of Byron because I think the plays were there, and when drives were moving, they would get penalized and move them back. That That's on a little bit of the O-line um, and, you know, the players. So while I, I think – well, I think Byron's not perfect still. I still think there's schematic issues. I really am not focused on him in that Browns game. I, I, I Brady was playing a great game, and then in the fourth and overtime, I thought he actually kind of lost it a bit. And that deep ball that Worfs got injured on, that should have been the game ender. That should have yeah. been into the end zone. And Brady missed a wide uh, – Evans had a step or two on his guy. So. Okay. All day, all day, and um, it, it just 
They just they they're not together. So that until that's fixed, this offense is screwed anyway. Um, so that that's um, that's a pretty big issue right there. Yeah, that and going twenty six percent on on third downs. Yeah, and you know what? What they went four for fifteen again. You know yeah. when look. Yeah. In Munich, they went ten of fifteen. In Munich, they had no penalties. You know, they're in in, in the season. You're going to probably have a couple of amazing games, which look like Dallas and Seattle, and then also throughout the season, you're probably going to have a couple of stinkers. Which uh, it, Baltimore comes to mind as one stinker. Carolina, uh, Carolina is the other stinker. So then, who are you in the middle? Right, like you know, what what it, what kind of identity do you have there? And in the end. Their identity is an inconsistent bunch who continually shoots themselves in the foot with schematic issues, with tremendous defense, but with lapses during important drives. And, you know, they have greatness in them, but they don't have consistent greatness. And, you know, maybe they can have greatness for a game, but they can't have greatness for three weeks. That's the problem. So, well, I, I I don't know what to do with this team. They are who they are. Well, and, and that means maybe you don't have an answer to the ne- uh, to this next question because they, they have some rough games coming up. The Saints, the 49ers, the Bengals, and I realize the Saints are 4-8 and eight, and Andy Dalton absolutely stinks and he's not utilizing Chris Olave to, to his maximum ability. Alvin Kamara is not being used to his maximum ability, but they can still get after the quarterback. They still have a, a decent enough defense that they can create some problems. Uh, the Niners are terrifying. The Bengals right now are terrifying. What do the Bucks need to do to turn this around and get some semblance of back on track? There are three games that matter at this point. The Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers. That is it. If you win the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, you go eight and nine. But I would imagine if you win those three games, eight and nine, with the tiebreaker over all three of those teams, you're going to win the division. Yeah. So you need to pour blood, sweat, and tears into those game plans. And that and that's why Monday is so important because if you lose to the Saints, now you have to poach a win against the Niners, Bengals, Cardinals. Cardinals, you should win, but again, it's a bad spot because it's Sunday night and you have the Panthers up. You have two divisional games following that. So – you know, you'd really like to just throw the Cardinals in the trash, say whatever happens there happens, and then you would have to essentially pluck off a win from the Niners Bengals to make up for the Saints game. Uh, and that's assuming that you would still have a tiebreaker over the, the Panthers Falcons because you have two divisional losses now. So that's why it, it, it's very simple. Screw it. Screw the outside noise. And you need to just have – every ounce of energy on those three three games and just do what you can in the middle you know um the Niners game Brady will be highly motivated that's his hometown team there's all the drama we all know about uh Cincinnati they'll be home uh you know the Buccaneers will be and um you know we'll 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 see it's kind of that to me is that game you can win if you lose the Saints game. You got to kind of win that one. And then the Cardinals are a bad team. Cliff Kingsbury might be fired by that time, which might be a bad thing, honestly, for the Buccaneers because they could be inspired. So it's also Christmas Day. 
That's yeah, it. you know, it's one of those weird things. Um, but the, the Cardinals also suck at home, so I, whoever knows with them. Um, but, yeah, you know, this um, – we'll talk a, a little bit about this game recently, you know, coming up in the next break. But, you know, it's very simple. Like, we can all run away with the narratives as much as we want. But you have to win the division. You yeah. ain't going to steal a wild card spot. You ain't no. going to get a, a high seed. The, the seed is the number four. That's it. And there's a path to it. You control your own destiny. Win three games. You need to win three games. Circle those games. Check, check, check. You're in. And that's all that matters because if you get in, you could be fully healthy entering the playoffs. And do I think they can string together four in a row to win a Super Bowl? Eh, probably not. But, but you cannot tell me that any team in the playoffs would want to face this squad come the postseason if they're on the other side, they're scary on paper. So, and this could be a season where you have some fresh blood in the playoffs. You got some old wily vets who have been there, done that, won a Super Bowl. They might be able to handle that moment. Jury's still out on bowls, but we will, we will see. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll ride with the goat into the playoffs all day long um, with this defense at top, at top uh, capacity. You win the NFC South, your reward is facing Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. Congratulations. You beat them before, though. Yeah, yeah, they and did. And yeah, not to mention, you, you dominated them. I know it's week one, it's weird, but there's a game plan out there where you smoke them. So, well, we are going to turn our attention to Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints coming up in just a moment. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Do you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available? That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job listing. It, it's quick. It's easy. It's efficient. And then you can slap that hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Make sure that you are back tomorrow as David Harrison is joined by our good buddy, Ross Jackson for crossover oh, Thursday as the Bucks get set to take on the Saints on Monday night football. I'm sure lots of people are going to tune into this one. But uh Evan, let's talk about this game. It's time for you to pull out that crystal ball. You you are solely responsible right here, right now, for changing the trajectory of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with your bold prediction and your player prediction, and your score prediction. So let's start with I was so dang close last week. If they, I, was, I had, what, I had 17-13. It was looking like 17-10. 
See, I had I had 23-13. I also said that Mike Evans was going to have his biggest performance of the year. <laughs> oh and three. Oh and three, Evan, is what I am. Uh when I when I'm in the press box. But at least Michigan won. Let's talk about your bold prediction you... uh, for the Bucks and the Saints on Monday Night Football. Is it that Marshawn Lattimore returns from injury and he and Mike Evans just have a boxing match at midfield at halftime? Yeah, honestly, I think that's uh, that's one way that they the Buccaneers can win the contest. So that would actually be a preferred route. <laughs> so right, we know we know these teams. Um, even though the Buccaneers won Week Two. We understand that the Buccaneers suck against the Saints. Just mm-hmm. historically speaking, it's, it's always been a struggle. And the re- think about it like this. The Buccaneers forced five turnovers against New Orleans and won 20 to 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, It was a terrible game, especially offensively. Couldn't do anything. And luckily, you know, to be fair – the Saints couldn't do Jack either. And that's kind of what we're looking like in this contest. The the Saints really are limited offensively. Uh, the Buccaneers historically have always limited Alvin Kamara as well. So he's not – and he like fumbled twice last week, sort of got hurt. That rushing attack has sort of sputtered uh, more than we're used to with with that team um on top of that Andy Dalton is usually a turnover machine especially so, on prime time especially on prime time that is very true so this is this is really a game um predicated this is a yell at your tv type game this is a what are you doing? This is awful. I can't believe I'm watching this. I can see social media. This is garbage. I can't believe, you know, one of these teams could make the playoffs. The NFC South stinks. Like, just prepare for it. Okay? Oh, yeah. Because because with the, the injuries the Buccaneers have, it is bad news bears. Um, no worfs. Potentially no Antoine Winfield Jr. So you have arguably your best offensive player and your best defensive player out for this contest. Uh, Sean, Sean Murphy Bunting's nicked up. Mike Edwards is nicked up. I mean, that Cleveland Browns game was a loss and then some, because a lot of people are going to be, you know, in, in the meta, you know, m- might be on the sidelines. We, that remains to be seen. So you already, and by the way, the saints are getting healthier. So the saints have uh, gotten healthier. The bucks have gotten uh, more hurt. This game, to win this game, you have to, have to protect the football. Something, one thing the Buccaneers have done well all season. You have to protect the football. You cannot give them short field position. And you have to hope that your defense can force turnovers, which ever since that New Orleans game, they just stopped doing. So I don't know. They start out like gangbusters, and now it's just over with. They can't mm-hmm. force anything outside of a Hail Mary interception um, or, you know, Devin White making a spectacular play on Geno Smith. I mean, that's really what we've seen uh, since week three. I mean, Sean Murphy Bunting had a, a BS interception in the by the time that Chiefs game was over. So you got to find a way to pick the ball off. 
you yeah. got to give your offense a short field position. And in the end, Dalton is more prone to make mistakes than, than Tom Brady. So that is the winning formula. Player of the game is going to be Chris Godwin. His arrows continue to point up. He's starting to get healthier. We love seeing that. Monster game again. Just keep feeding him. It's a redemption game for him. This is the contest where he got injured last year and tore his ACL. Also in prime time against the Saints in Ray J. Big night for him. My bold prediction of the game, Brady will not be sacked. Uh, oh. <laughs> bold prediction. I think they enter the game knowing that they're screwed, and they will be working quick games, and they'll be running a lot. Not to success, but they're going <laughs> to the, run the ball a lot. Um, it's going to be a heavy run game, which, brace yourself, it's going to suck. And then my, my final score, 16-13, Saints win. Now uh, you you promised that you were going to pick the Bucks since they beat. No, the no, no. I said that now I can pick the Bucks now that they beat the Saints. I didn't say that I will. <laughs> I, you know, if they would have given me some more positive vibes last week, I might have picked this, the Bucks. But that's fair. Um, with the injuries, with the inconsistency, I, I just like I felt week two. I want to pick the Bucks. I think that if they play, uh, if no mistake, football, they're going to win because inevitably like Jameis Winston did, he was playing no mistake football, and then the wheels fell off, and there it went. The whole game went, and the, the Bucks capitalized. They, that's the formula. Um, but they didn't do anything in that game. They just had to bide their time, and, and that's how you're going to win this contest. But, you know, uh, Taysom Hill's always been an issue, and they're gonna, and I'm sure they, they got something cooking up for him. And, um, you know, I just – it's just not a good spot right now for the Bucs. The, the Wurfs and the Antoine Winfield Jr. stuff, that's it's concerning when I saw Zion McCollum and D. Delaney out at the end of that Browns game. Yeah. That, that You want to know when the last time we saw that kind of stuff? The Ravens game. How did that go? Huh? So th- this defense is phenomenal, but they need their pieces. So once you, once you get too many injuries in that defense, the depth is gone. They're able to sustain one secondary piece leaving with not even a blink. After that, yeah. Now we got yeah. some problems. Well, it's uh it's definitely going to be a uh interesting one on Monday night football and of course the uh the big breakdown from David and Ross coming up tomorrow on Crossover Thursday and then our final preview not until Monday's episode because the game is Monday night, so why not do a final preview on Monday? But Plenty of stuff still coming for you here on Locked on Bucks. We thank you again for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And again, for your next listen, make sure you are checking out the biggest headlines in all of sports with Locked on Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Crossover Thursday dropping tomorrow with David and Ross. In the meantime, you can give us a call at 813-444-5841. Leave us a voicemail. Check out everything Evan is doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10tampabay.com. Check out my work over at bucksnation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at E plus E-W-T-S-B. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe and stay healthy. Fire those candles. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.